Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 38 of the podcast. This week, I have on Chicago comedian and actor Skylar Higley. He just finished up writing for Conan, and this week we talk about his childhood, narcissism, performance and therapy, um, how he's attracted to certain patterns due to his childhood. We talked about how Skylar grew up Mormon and why he got out of it, and we also talk about even more topics, so please tune in. and welcome to Doing Time, where humans talk about their experiences in a psych ward. Today we have Chicago comedian, writer for Conan, Skylar Higley. Testing. <laughs> testing what a great intro. Mic. We're gonna test. Sorry, no more <laughs> song. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Everything's great. Life's awesome. Um, especially on a mental health podcast. Everything's great. It sounds real. Well, it's really gloomy today. It was today. convincing, right? Yeah, so it's, it's very gloomy today. So it's easy to, now it's now it's like, okay, let's get real. We can look outside and see the darkness of the world and go. So how are you feeling? All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my hood's up right now. So. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm feeling uh, as good as I can feel on a day that it's rainy and I'm hungover. Yeah. No, it's, it is a Sunday. Um. So first question I always ask on the podcast is how much time have you done? And that means like psych ward, therapy, time like you felt like you spent in your head that didn't, that you're like, oh shit, I wasted a month because I was depressed. Oh. Well, Subjective it, pretty much. Well, if that's the case, then like 24-7 time, right? So you, you won the podcast. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like I've what done I, the most time. Yeah, I came to play, so <laughs> I I didn't know included time spent in your head because that's literally all, all yeah. the time. No, for sure. So, um, yeah. Ding ding ding, all Skylar the, Higley. Yeah, is so the I win. Winner. But I've done you know I've done therapy. I did therapy as a kid. I'm in therapy now, uh, and yeah, I've done I've I've done a good not I don't. As an adult, I haven't done that much therapy because okay. it's hard for me to find therapists that I like vibe with. But yeah, yeah, that I mean that was like I think the last episode um, with me and John talking about like how to break up with your therapist and how people find it super difficult to like a find a good therapist and then b if they have a therapist like it's really hard to end that if you don't feel like it's working for you. Um, but so you were in therapy as a child. Yeah. Well, for I, what reasons? I I had my parents got divorced from a really young age and i mm. had a, a a a dad who was a like narcissistic personality mm -hmm. um, very familiar <laughs> so i you know need when i was a kid after my parents got divorced and because of like the uh emotional volatility of their like marriage and their divorce and everything that happened i had i was like a really like moody kid i'd get very emotional and i'd like cry at things that like you didn't need to cry about which is crazy because now i never cry ever when i should so uh yeah take I would, me back yeah yeah i would get like really you know i would be like really emotionally volatile i used to if i um 
like got into is specifically if I got into like a fight with my dad, I would like have like these rage issues where I would see mm-hmm. red and people like are surprised to hear that about me because like mm-hmm. it's very hard to get me like really mad in but a do you think that way, but that's because you went through so much that it's like it's hard to get to that point again because that was so like heightened almost. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's for that reason, but I also think it is probably just like relationships with certain people mm, will okay. trigger those things for you. Like yeah. I don't talk to the person that makes me feel those ways and so I can never really get into that zone. So at what point did you go to therapy when your parents like saw like did they see the anger issues or um, what happened? Exactly? I mean, I think my mom did uh, and I I must have been like maybe 10 to 12 or something like that. It's hard to remember like specifically when. I might have been like 11 to 13, whatever. Okay. It, it, That's like kind of a vulnerable age though. Yeah. So I definitely yeah, like. It's harder when you're like in like fifth grade or sixth grade or like anywhere between I feel like 11 to 14 is very difficult when you're processing stuff. Yeah. So I definitely like needed it at the time. I mm-hmm. think it certainly helps but like I was young enough where we would just do like that play therapy where you know just be like let's build uh Legos and then talk about your feelings or whatever but like I as a child I wasn't really completely processing like exactly what was going on but then there's a lot of talking about like the divorce and like my dad and his new wife and like you know and his Oh. new kid that was coming and stuff like that yeah oh wait whoa okay wait what do i even know you like because i've never heard about this you so, didn't know my parents were divorced no i, I knew like that a... no i knew that but i didn't know that he ha- so how long after the divorce did he get a new wife <laughs> like three days dude like... okay same mine with my dad got my dad um started seeing this girl i mean they're, they've been married for like 10 years now but they were together three months after my parents divorced yeah well so like kind of similar i mean this is it's dicey to talk about this stuff because i suddenly am aware that like i'm picturing like we're just talking and i'm like oh this is gonna like go out so i don't want to say too much about yeah, no, it. no 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 the but thing like, about this podcast though is that like if you don't feel comfortable saying anything like, i'm not pressured. no i mean but it. it's also not i want to know but no pressure but he's <laughs> but you know he's, he's not gonna listen to it unless he does then i get a straw no so but this is just facts about what happened so the mm-hmm. the person that um he ended up marrying was like the person that he was like cheating on my mom with for like the last, you know, however many years of their marriage. And then like, it was only a couple months after they were like divorced or separated or maybe not months. Time is weird when I was a kid because I don't remember like what the specific time frames were. But like, yeah, she was pregnant very soon after that. And then so, you know, yeah, your dog doesn't even like that information either. Yeah, he's like, what a bad situation to be in. <laughs> yeah. He empathizes a lot. Um, okay, so your dad, so you have a half brother, sister? Um, well, I, I did. Um, and then also, by the way, this whole thing is, is on top of this. Is, these are my adopted parents that I'm talking about. So they're Right, like, but still, like, they're, that's, like, okay, so half. Right, sure. Like, I did, but then, like, he got divorced from her, too, because I think I think he might have cheated on his second wife. The thing is, like, mm-hmm. my dad never changed. Sounds like a pattern. <laughs> yeah, like a pattern of behavior. Yeah, it sounds like we haven't broken this a yet. A long uh, yeah. period of time. Um, so I did have um, a half-brother, and uh, I guess the technical term would be, like, a legal half-brother, mm-hmm. and then uh, two step-siblings, along with my adopted brother's 
uh, that were from my. This is sounds so convoluted. It's a. I mean, it's a lot though. Yeah, and then so I had two brothers that we were like, had to go back and forth between my dad's house and my mom's house, and mm-hmm. like it was just like such a uh, a time that was like I definitely uh, like clearly needed therapy through that because there would be shit that would happen all the time where like I have this memory of like Christmas maybe maybe not the first year that my dad was married but maybe like the second year that he was married where like him and my stepmom like we are getting real really fast that was the wine Dude, uh, yeah. they got in a fight though they got Drink in a fight up, and <laughs> like the police came on like christmas eve oh no and then i remember like going to school and then like uh like some counselor had to like pull me out of class and be like talk about like so i heard there was an incident over the weekend and we just need to know like what happened and how you felt about like what happened oh, and if wow. you felt unsafe and like what you saw and heard and all this stuff and it was like you know it's like a domestic issue wow mm-hmm. okay so yeah. you've dealt with stuff like since you were a child yeah so then i needed therapy <laughs> <laughs> um okay so a couple questions you were in therapy at this point though right i don't think i was for that i don't know okay i don't really remember but like so you, okay so you don't remember so i want like this to be known though to people like in the audience too we're like Sometimes when you're younger and you go to therapy, or even if you're older and go to therapy, a lot of times when you go through traumatic experience, you black things out. So, like, you don't really know certain things. Because I remember when my therapist would ask me about my childhood, I'm like, I don't know, like, oh, yeah. certain things. Like, I, I don't, I remember the bad stuff because it's like, but I don't remember timeline wise, like how old I was or like exactly yeah. like how things transpired. I just remember like big events and like the kind of tra- like the PTSD from it, mm-hmm. so to speak. Sorry, my dog's like chewing on the blinds. Um, but I think that sometimes, like, it's important for people to understand that, like, that's normal to not really know, you know, like, how things transpire just because it's, like, when things go on in your life, especially as a child, you, you, you don't really have the emotional depth to even process it yet. So it's, like, really hard to even remember how right. things transpired and, like, the timeline that went on and stuff like that. No, yeah. I have, like, no concept of the timeline. I just remember, like, there, yeah, these things happen. I remember them being... Before I was in high school and then like older elementary school to middle school. And then that's like, that's like kind of it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have a good semblance of like, I, I don't like remember huge portions of my childhood very well because it mm. was like crazy. Yeah. It just kind of sucked. No, it, I mean it does, but it's also like, so at what point, so go back to the story about your, so they pulled you to the side and asked you like what happened and stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, and that's so, all I remember is they pulled me out of class and they were like, what happened? And mm-hmm. I was just like, here's what happened. And, uh, yep. And the police came. And then I remember, you know, fucking breaking glasses and all that stuff. All the, mm-hmm. you know, all this, like when you see like, uh, like domestic issues being displayed in movies and stuff, you start to see it and it starts to look cliche, but like, that's like how it is. Like people are just like throwing shit and shit's like shattering and, uh, people are putting like holes in walls and whatever. Yeah. It's just, like, no, no, that's a, happens. no, that's a legit thing. That's a legit thing. I think too, like there's a lot of stuff that's depicted in movies, not that well, but I think there's also stuff that you see and you're like, Oh no, this shit's very real. Well, yeah, it just becomes tropey, but that's just because it's like so common because mm-hmm. like so many of, uh, our, parents or just people or even just men have these fucking issues so Mm -hmm. that is just you know and was the 
was the like altercation i guess like was that between your dad and his first wife yeah that when he got out of the your yeah so i was over at like his at their place at the time when Mm -hmm. it happened and i didn't really even see anything i just like heard it i was just Mm. like it was it's just it's this also by the way this hasn't been funny at all this has just been so dark but like no no no, but like that's also dude that's like the point no i know but i'm just i'm just picturing like the the um the uh the cliche of the scene of this shit's happening Uh and i'm just like in my room being like it's christmas Yeah. Like, this isn't supposed to happen on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Can you guys do this tomorrow? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like do it. Do it. Wait Bump two it days, day. and I won't have such a like memory of it. But it's literally, and it's I probably think, why you remember it more vividly too. Is like it was supposed to be a holiday that's like celebration, family, and then it's like, oh, the cops are here. Yeah. Well, that's also like why it happened too. Mm. Like because I don't know what specifically the issue was, mm-hmm. but part of the thing was like. It's Christmas, and so, therefore, some fucking problem is happening because it's, like, a stressful thing, and people stress out over whatever presents or whatever the fuck it was. Well, I mean, it also sounds like, too, I mean, clearly there's a lot going on and a lot of anger involved, so I think shit can blow up really fast on holidays when there's, like, a lot of stress. Yeah. and, And when it's, like, a newer marriage, too. There's kids involved. Yeah, a newer marriage that you rushed into because you... Or we're cheating on it with the person and yeah <laughs> well i also think too that things tip i don't know if this is true i mean it's not like a psychology like it's like a truth but i think this is a pattern that a lot of people who cheat they like don't typically end up with that person because it's more about like the thrill of like doing it while you're with somebody and then once you get out of the marriage you're like oh now we're together no i don't want to like it, it's a it's a it's, it's kind of a mind fuck but yeah no but like also when you have this like uh, personality trait of like you're a narcissist and you like want to control people like this person is like then he just you know repeated the pattern from his first marriage and his second one mm. after the whole thing of like this and, like, is what I'm gonna do kind of wore off how did know? his like how did his narcissism affect you um, or like what are some examples that you could be like this is how like it kind of uh well he did a lot of like it's crazy that i learned this term as an adult and i like grew up with it and he did a lot of gaslighting where it was just Mm. like you know i remember i had learned at some point uh i became aware i was a little older when this happened before i like stopped having a relationship with my dad where i had learned the term like emotional abuse or child abuse and i like we were in one of these like crazy fights and I threw that at him. I'm like, this is child abuse. You're abusing me right now. Wow. And then he goes like, no, you're abusing me. Like kids can Ooh. abuse adults and I'm going to call the police on Actually, you. Actually, that's no, no, that's <laughs> no, it's, yeah. Just no. And I was like, and I, but I wasn't smart enough to be like, or, or I, I knew I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. But right. I was also like, what young how old are you i don't i think i might have been i might have been like 13 at that point when i said that maybe but then he was like no like kids can abuse adults and i'm gonna call the police on you if you don't stop wow it's like what like how are you gonna what am i doing that would merit that like fucking try it like what's gonna happen like literally just be yeah shit like that so i was wondering because for me I don't realize how things affect me. They just happen. And then I'm like, 
oh, then looking back, I'm like, this makes sense because I was affected this way from this thing and then I react this way because of that experience. So I was just wondering if the way that things transpired with your dad, if you talk about that in therapy. Um, not like not with my current therapist, but I haven't been with him really long. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, like all that stuff, it's just this, you know, whole big thing with like every therapist where it's like, you gotta catch them up to speed on everything. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like then there can be so much to explain that's like, that shit gets exhausting. Very, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I do think it, I have realized how that can affect me or how I react to like, you know, some certain people you'll be like, why is this person like, really triggering me and mm. it'll be because they like remind or like also finding yourself like attracted to those negative patterns too like that's another thing that okay really happens like and like what like well just like people that i'll be like like i've just had like different interactions with different narcissists in my life where it's mm. like what like how have i not like learned to like avoid this like sooner or faster or, like pick up but on those sides but you're used to them so they feel comfortable that was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. That's like abusers abuse. Yeah. So it makes sense. Or like hurt people, hurt people. Same yeah. shit, you know? So are you're in therapy now. Uh, yeah, I, I am in therapy now, but it's like, it's one of those things where like, I know the relationship's not working. So I'm like, oh, I need to get a, a better therapist. therapist. Okay. Why though? Um, for a couple of reasons. I feel like with like, my therapist is also just somebody that, like, I have a, a black male therapist. Okay. And I think, like, that's really good. And there's a lot of ways that, like, you need another – if you're a man, sometimes you maybe need another man to even be able to talk to in, mm -hmm. in certain ways and relate over certain things and mm -hmm. get that perspective. Uh, and then I also feel like in another way there's this certain thing where you're, like, doing this – and maybe this is a problem that I have uh, personally, but like doing this like male performance thing for other men. So to, as to be like, I don't know, not like not being as emotionally vulnerable, which is like what we don't do in front of other dudes. And then if your therapist mm. is a dude, like I didn't even think about that. I, it's something that only crossed my mind because I was like, I'm really not going there with this therapist in the way that I need to. And I don't know what it is necessarily. I, I also have this other thing where I go like, I really need a therapist that's not going to say something to me that I've already thought of. And mm. a lot of therapy for me can be like, well, have you considered this or have you seen it from this perspective? And I go like, yeah, but like I've seen it from that perspective. My thought pattern will find a way around that. Or it's just not something that's necessarily like, helpful for me anyway so i need something that's like uh i i think you know a little more emotionally both vulnerable or like i just need someone to be like able to understand me better i guess yeah i also think too i mean if you look at even like the people who have been on my podcast is the majority is women because men have a propensity to not talk about shit because they it's the I mean it's literally misogynistic culture where it's like oh bro just get over it like don't think about it type shit and so I think too it's almost like a performance skill with therapy where you can almost perform 
to what you know they want to hear because you're like scared to be vulnerable and open up to them and like there's also too there's also sometimes like you don't have a connection with someone to open up to them like it's it's not and it's hard because you're like oh they're a therapist why am I not connecting with them but sometimes you just don't have that vibe with them and that's totally okay um but I think it's good that you recognize that right well I think it's good that you know the reason so then you're more able to be like push through that if you can yeah well and that's also the other thing is like I'm with this therapist and it's like well, I shouldn't be wanting to – this is somebody that, like, I would, like, want to come to a show. So, like, I'm kind of trying to impress him. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, not – you know, that's not really helpful for, no. like, trying mm-hmm. to get to it emotionally. Not like, at all. But I've been, through, I've been through the same thing, though. Like, I've yeah. been through the same thing where I've been trying – I'm like, why am I trying to impress someone who literally talks to people about their worst days all the time? Yeah. Like, it, I don't have to impress and that And the other thing is, too, like, um, yeah, then, then I'll do this kind of thing where I'm like – oh, why am I so good at, like... Or I'll pretend to be better at, like, processing stuff than I am, or I'll, mm. I'll like, be talking about the anxiety, and then some people will, like, really be able to, I don't know, let their therapist kind of, like, hear them, and I'll have this thing where my therapist will say something, and I'll be like, no, 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 no but, like, whatever. It, it's just not helpful. And well, do you, do you do that thing where you're like, no, 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 it's fine, like, I'm cool. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And mm-hmm. that's also just like, you know, even having been in therapy earlier in my life, there's like this sense of like, no, because I can't be not cool because that's like catastrophic. So I yeah, have to like, it's a problem. I have to avoid everything. And you well, know. I also think too, it's like when you're a comedian, you also like want to appease to everyone and like impress your audience, so to speak. So you're constantly trying to be like, I like, I, I think there's that element of I want to not only impress you, but I want to let you know that, like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's it's because I've I've experienced the same thing where I'm like, why am I try, like, she's not like, I'm not trying to make her laugh. I'm not like she is here to open me up and I'm not letting her do that because I have this wall within me. And like, I guess like an emotional wall where I'm like, no, you have to know that like shit's cool. I'm cool. Like, I want to be your coolest patient. Like, no yeah. joke. Like, I, I've thought that, where I'm like, I well, hope, yeah. There's this whole thing about, you know, the people say, like, it's okay not to be okay, and mm-hmm. which is, you know, true. And right. that's, like, totally. you know, kind of a, a truism. But then there's also that, like, whole thing of, like, can we admit to ourselves that, like, the most insufferable people that we know are the people who are constantly not okay all the time and making a problem out of everything? Like, That's, I don't no, want to yeah, be totally. that person that's a burden to everybody that every fucking time you talk to them, they're like, it's this fucking thing. Exhausting. It's this fucking thing. Exhausting. It's this fucking thing. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't really... Uh, I don't really want to be that person because like that's where you know you're afraid of being abandoned because mm-hmm. you're like always like hurting in front of everybody and it's like nobody needs that or wants that from you because everybody's dealing with their own shit too totally but i think that's also something that you've internalized from growing up in a situation yep. where you felt like that you can't open up about shit yeah or like you feel like you can't talk about it because it's burning because when you open up to your dad and you're like you're abusive and he said no i'm not you're like Okay, well, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. So maybe everything I'm just, I should just push down because apparently I'm just wrong. Well, I feel like that. And also, too, well, also, I think, too, when someone says that to you, it's not only manipulative, it's also, like, your feelings are wrong. And also, people need to know that your feelings are never wrong. It's the way you feel. Your right. feelings are your feelings. It's like your thoughts are your thoughts. It's not that like your thoughts are real, but they're, they're still your thoughts. Yeah. So... I think, too, like, you probably have, especially things that happen in childhood can kind of like leer into adulthood because that's your base of your foundation. So if you're going into life with this foundation of like, 
Oh, maybe no. Maybe I am wrong because when you're dealing with a narcissist, you're always wrong. Yeah. So you're kind of like going into that notion of that. So I think too, when you go into therapy and someone says something to you, you're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Cause like, I'm, I'm like, I'll get over it because you have this pattern of like, I'm wrong or my feelings are wrong or like I, I can get over it or I, you know, so I think it's like, it, it's a lot of internalized childhood shit. Yeah. I mean, sure. I feel like that part of it for me too is like that one is, uh, that side of it is on my mom where not feeling like I'm wrong, but feeling like I, because with this whole divorce thing that happened, then I became like this, like, uh, like her emotional sounding board for a lot of stuff. And then like, mm -hmm. I start like, you know, I'm like being there for her in ways that like, you're not supposed to as a kid, as far as like emotional support and mm -hmm. like the burden of that, because she's like, also like working these 12 hour shifts, like trying to go to nursing school and then become a nurse. And like, so then there's just a lot of like, through my childhood after that point with the divorce, then it was all this like, oh, I have to be here for everybody else. Nobody really has the time to be there for me. So that that's probably where that comes from as far as like this, me yeah. not being like, oh, I'm going to be open about my emotions and like how my emotions are inconvenient to other people because I'm like, well, we don't really have the space for my emotions to be inconvenient to other people. Makes I have makes to, a lot of sense. you know, just like fucking deal with my own shit. No, and I, so I had, I mean, our situation is very different, but similar in the sense that since my brother was always going through something and he was like the problem child, I never felt like the space to open up and I was always like, I... Like, I'll deal with it. I'm fine. I'm cool. You know, because, like, you have your shit going on. So, like, if, if, if I talk about me, then the whole world's going to crumble. You know, like, shit's going to get bad. So I always felt the need to, like, keep shit in and not really talk about it. And if I did talk about it, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Um, so I got to that point with my therapist where they're like, if you say I'm fine one more time, like, this is going to be an issue. Like, we can't. You're, we're going to start counting how many times you say this because clearly you're not fine. You're in therapy. Right. You're here to talk about your shit and you're saying I'm fine. Why are you here then? And I think it's because you learn when you're there for someone so much, and like I was there for my brother, I was there for my family, um, you internalize everything because you're told, it's not that you're told not to talk about it, but it's implied because you're like, there's worse shit going on. Right, because so they're making a no big space. deal out of like all this other stuff that's going mm -hmm, on. You're like, mm -hmm. like oh, okay, well I guess that, I guess that like I, I'll be not a problem for anybody. And then especially yeah. like with, with the totally. way I grew up, like when, then when parents like praise you for like, oh, this is like our good kid. They're such a good kid and they don't ever cause problems. And it's like, yeah, but maybe like I want to cause a problem. Like, yeah. Or like maybe I, I have problems. Yes. Maybe I, there's like emo like there's emotional. Do you ever think that like your shit affects me? That's my big thing that I always ask myself. I was like, do you not understand how this, all of this affects me just because I'm fine. I've been made to be fine. Yeah. You made it this way. It's not that I'm fine. It's that everything in my life has been told that I need to keep this shit down because if I'm not fine, then, then it's just, it's just a wildfire. Do like, you of emotions, feel you know? like your parents, like throughout like your childhood, not if they ever considered or how much they considered, like, how is this specifically affecting Drew mm -hmm. like emotionally? Yeah, no, I, I do feel like that. Cause I feel like sometimes too, when people ask me like how my child is like, I don't really know. Like I blocked out a lot of it. Um, and a lot of it was like, people don't understand that, you know, my brother's a drug addict. So it's not like he started drugs when he was like eight years old. Like my brother always had issues. My brother has autism too. So 
he was always a problem child, always throwing tantrums. He was in therapy since he was three. Like he's very, he was a problem child. And so I think for me, it's not that my child was, was thrown, thrown away. I think the value and the importance of myself was thrown away and me being taught that like, I don't really matter. And so I did a lot of external stuff to be like, I matter, I matter, I matter. Look at me, look at me, look at me. And that's why I do stand up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like, look at me, like I matter. And so I think that in that sense, I do feel like, yes, my childhood was thrown away. Um, but I don't think it was intentionally let's fuck over Drew. It's more just like we have other shit to deal with. Right. But I guess my question was specifically like, were they thinking about it and considering like, I think they tried their best. Like, I think my parents really tried their best. I definitely think like, cause my dad, my dad and I's relationship like sucks. Like it's not great. I, I will never sit here and be like, Oh yeah, shit's fine. Um, but I, I do think they considered how I felt, but it wasn't like, let's talk about it. It's more just like, you're fine. Right. That thing where it's like, Oh, you're cool. Right. And that's how I felt where I was like, Oh no, I'm just more of like a check. Right. fine. Let's move on. Because if I wasn't, then I'd be like, Oh, it would, it would break it's it's more just like if i'm brought down everyone's being brought down because mm-hmm. i feel like you learn as a child when you have a, like if somebody else has emotional problems like your mom's putting shit on you and your dad's kind of going through a tricky situation like you are the pillar of the family that like you know people can either come to talk to you like you said your mom talked to you or you're the person that like is fine with everything but if you're not fine then no one's fine right because you're the one person that's supposed to uphold everything Right. And I think that that's how I felt a lot of times. Like I, there was like a specific, I don't know why I remember this, but there's a specific example that I believe I've talked about before where like, I was so excited because I made like the cheerleading team or whatever. And I couldn't tell my parents because like there was a blow up at dinner and they had to like go take her and my brother. And I was so excited to tell them about it. And I like couldn't tell them about it. Wow. And then once I told them about it, um, they were just like, oh my God, that's amazing. But then that was it. And then it was like, okay, let's go deal with Brandon. They're like, great. Moving on. Right. And it was more just like, no, I wanted to be celebrated. And I think that's where a lot of the um, like like low confidence, I guess, stemmed from. And I don't know if like you can relate to that, but I didn't have a lot of confidence because I thought that like no matter what I did, it, it's not that it wasn't good enough, but it like didn't matter as much as the negative energy that did. Yeah. No, I mean, I just think that I, I had a similar thing. I, it was more just a matter of like uh, the things that I liked to do that I was good at like – when I still had a relationship with my dad, my dad just like didn't care about. Really? And then when like, then like going through the divorce and everything, my mom just like, in in a lot of ways, just like most of my memories of her from ages, I want to say like 11 through 17 or her either like working or like studying or like sleeping so she just like wasn't emotionally present at all except for the times when she would have these like have to like go off her meds and then have like her own mental breakdown and then I'm like there for that so I have the same thing where it's just like oh yeah like now I need like all this external like valid I mean that's like what draws a lot of us to comedy is like all this like external validation that we need because like it like just all you know life felt like you know empty i didn't really get to like do any of the things that like when people talk about like going to high school parties and stuff i was Mm -hmm. like i didn't do that 
basically ever because I would mm. be like like watching my brothers because my mom had to work overnight at a hospital and then I just oh like God, get all resentful yeah. of like oh everybody's having fun and I'm not having fun like this sucks okay so let me ask you something because this is something I've experienced um I feel like I didn't know who I was because my life was other people's life it was like taking care of like my family and my brother and like doing all these external things to like prove to them. And then I was like, am I doing this for me or am I doing this for them? And so I think I had like a really big disconnect with myself of being like, who am I though? Cause I feel like I was so attached to like helping this person and helping this person. And so I had really struggled with like, when you asked me like, how does Drew feel? I'm like, I don't know how I feel. Yeah. You know, I think I really struggled with knowing who I was because of that. Yeah. Well, that's also like my, like that's a problem that I still struggle with now is like even in For like sure. a relationship or something like in my relationship currently my girlfriend will be like I, I, how do you feel and I'll be like I don't know like and I just I really like won't know because I mm -hmm. won't have the time to have thought about it I'll just go like you were never given the time though right you were never given the time to know how Skylar feels it's always like oh no, no 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 put that aside let's deal with this yeah and I'll just go like I don't know and then like kind of move on and then it'll take me like a good amount of time to start feeling like, okay, here's what I feel about this. Or I'll, I'll get to the point where I can go like, I'll, I'll figure it out. But like what I start to feel immediately when it comes to like things that have to do with emotions is just frustration. I just get yeah. like emotionally, like I'm frustrated that I'm having to deal with emotions because like other people's emotions were always the things that I was dealing with anyway. So I'll get right. like, Oh, right. I have to deal with more of people's emotions now. And it just, <laughs> it doesn't make me like, it makes me feel a little, I don't take out like anger on people in that yeah. way, but it makes me feel resentful that like I am having to deal with like their shit that they're putting on me, mm. even when that's not necessarily like a fair assessment of what they're doing. Yeah, no, for sure. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I just... It's interesting how you can block out so much like yeah. from when you're younger, but then it literally shapes you into you. Yeah. You know, and you're like, holy shit, like this is because of this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, look, like I, I think there's a lot of things. I, I mean, I experienced something similar recently where like for the first time, I feel like I've, I know how I feel about stuff and I'm starting to talk about, I'm an open book about like the facts, but not like how I feel. And like, even there are situations like where I was talking to you, I was like, no, I feel like, Today I was talking to my mom about a situation that I was really upset about, and I was just like, "No, I like I I'm I feel like hurt about it. Like I feel really sad, and like expressing that feels so good because I don't think I was ever to ever able to say that, um, quite like matter of fact. And it used to be just like, no, this is what happened, and it sucks. Mm -hmm. Versus being like, no, like I'm hurt. Like, yeah. This fucking like I'm like I feel it physically. Like my stomach hurts, and like I want to cry. And like, I don't like these emotions, but I think doing that more and more has helped me process things faster because I used to be similar to you where like something would happen to me and people were like, that's fucked up. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then like a week later, I'd be like, fuck this. Like I yeah, like get right. so angry about it and be like, fuck you and fuck you. And f it would take something very, very minuscule, like my dog peeing in the house mm -hmm. and me be like, fuck everything bro and I would just go off oh, and off and off and off and off because I was finally like you know my roommate I'm she's like my closest friend and she would be like it seems like you're mad about everything and I'm like yeah because I don't allow myself to feel those things in the moment because right. I don't know how to feel it takes a it takes the final straw 
for me to finally feel like I can open up about stuff. Because before, I wasn't really able to express that I was sad. I'm like, no, I'm just angry. Because anger is such an easy thing to latch onto. But anger is really sadness. Yeah, no, anger is sadness on cocaine. <laughs> It's like, that's like all it is. It's just like <laughs> I love sadness. That. That's the title of the podcast, by the way. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I love it. No, it, it's just, it's just uh, sadness. sadness that's yeah. been uh, catalyzed into like an energetic sadness that you're like, yeah, I'm like hurt by something and I can't be like emotionally like I can't just be, be like hurt. It's like this, you know, evolutionary thing where it's like now I have to like lash out and like get angry. Like that's why you fucking hit your goddamn elbow and suddenly you're like, "Fuck you, you, you. table, <laughs> you fucking table. Why do you exist and why are you square and why are you rectangular? You can't be angry at a table. <laughs> it didn't do anything yeah. except be in the place that it is. You right. just got hurt and then you got sad and you got fearful of your body turning to dust and then right. you just flipped out. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a whole evolutionary process. Right there it was. <laughs> That's exactly why anger even happens. Yeah. Why we have it. I, did you, I mean, I had very bad anger issues as a child. I'm, you said you did too. Yeah. I, I, well, only I in a lot of shit. I, I had anger Broke issues many phones. Sorry. <laughs> when it came to like people getting into conflict with me. And I really only particularly had anger issues when I was, it was when I was starting to get older and then it would be when like my dad started like kind of gaslighting me and doing that shit or like. And, and then I would get in these conversations or like it would usually be like over the phone or something where I'd be like screaming at the top of my lungs and like freaking out. And that's something that like I really haven't done. I don't know if that would even be possible for me to do. I even remember the last time it happened when I was like maybe 16. We didn't have a relationship anymore, but mm -hmm. uh, he had said some very like mean and messed up things to my mom who – as she should not have done, like, showed me the text message because, again, I'm being, like, the emotional space for also her. Just, like, also, just, like, she doesn't have good boundaries. Right. No, I mean, like, that's, that's just, the other That's thing. the moral of the story. She yeah. didn't have good boundaries about it, and she was like, I'm so hurt, and I don't know what to do, and, like, look what he said to me. But then she'd be like, do this thing. There was this little bullshit. And, by the way, I love my mom. We still have a good relationship yeah. still mm -hmm. even though i can be way more emotionally avoidant but uh, to her now but are just kids too like but the say it's because she was she'd do this thing where she'd go like don't know like don't like read the text message don't do it and it's like well then why are you handing me your phone unlocked with the thread open and then she'd be like don't call him don't don't call him and it's like I know you want, like, I know that's, like, that's what so you... difficult, though. No, like, I, mean... I honestly, like, wanted to ask you a little bit more about what that's like, just because, like, my parents... So, my parents, like, in roundabout ways, weren't mature about the divorce. Like, my... Mostly one side. Mm -hmm. um, my mom is, like, so mature about it, where she's like, I want you to have a good relationship with your dad. Like, is although, like, we're divorced and stuff. Like, like she was so... Like, I mean, even though she's 50, like, wise beyond her years, where she's like, I don't want you to be affected as much as, you know, like, uh, you know, as you should be kind of thing because I want to protect you. But I think that's really difficult when you have a parent that doesn't really have boundaries where they're like, oh shit, I'm realizing I'm doing this to you. Don't read it. But like, you should read it because right. I want you to help me. But like, this is also a bad boundary, but I've already gone there. So just read it. And it's just like, it's, it's messed up. Yeah. Like it's just messed up. And yeah, it's, no. it's messy. 
Yeah, no, and that and that was a thing too. Is like because uh, with her, she never like knew how to deal with like you know also was also somebody who was caught up in that relationship. So like it it was Ugh. messy all like you yeah. know all around. Like so I get like she didn't have like a way to like get out of that emotionally for her and she's having like, you know, whatever anxiety and panic attacks and meltdowns about it. And then oh, especially wow. if somebody's like saying like vile shit to you and you're like alone and you have nobody else but like other people around that are going through a similar thing. Like, I understand how you, uh, like, make that mistake. And I've, like, forgiven her for that. But, Mm -hmm. like, it still was, like, not good boundaries and emotionally messed me up in the ways that it did. No, relationships need to have boundaries. Like, they're, I, like, my mom's my everything, but I don't talk to her about everything. Yeah. Like, I talk to her about certain things, but I leave parts out because I'm, like, you're my mom. Yeah. And, like, she leaves certain parts out because she's, like, you're my daughter. Like, this is, there's a line. Yeah. She always says, she's, like, I'm very, she's, like, Drew, you're my closest thing, but, like, you're not my best, you're not my friend, you're my daughter. Yeah. And the way that she establishes that relationship always makes me feel very, like, healthy about it because I don't feel like she ever puts anything on me. She's, like, I want you to know this, but, like, I'm going to go deal with it elsewhere. I'm not going to go to you about it because, like, you're my daughter kind of thing. Um but then I also have, and I, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to talk about because it's like, I don't want people hearing this, but like, I have a, my dad's wife has like no boundaries. And when I was younger, like that was, I mean, I've never really opened up about this, but like on the podcast specifically, but like there were certain times. Exclusives. Like, yeah. <laughs> the like worst a, time. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Diego makes me like a new beat for this. And he's like, this is just for the Patreon. Um. But, like, she has no boundaries, and, like, and I think that was really difficult for me to process, where, like, there were certain things where she would um, try to lie to me about, mm-hmm. like, the divorce, where she would, like, so, basically, without, like, revealing too much, um, I mean, I could also, like, reveal everything, just because it's, like, who fucking cares? Yeah, you can also edit this. I can also edit it, but, um, no, I'm pretty good about, like, I guess, spark noting things, Um my parents had a really rough divorce financially and there was a lot of manipulation in terms of like being like oh i'm his new wife but he's not spending money on me type shit yeah so and he lived with her and her four kids so like yeah and he's like he's he's definitely doing well let's just (laughs) he's definitely a jewish a a good jewish businessman if there ever was one but um he there were certain times where she would be like i was just talking about this the other day she pulled me to the side and she was like, hey, um, your dad's going to go to Whole Foods to get food. Here's 10. I'm going to give him 20 bucks. And, you know, he's going to give that back to me to, like, manipulate me in the sense of, like, hey, you know, your parent, like, he's not spending money on me and I'm not spending money on him. So that if I went over, if I would over, first of all, I'm not dumb. Yeah. If I went to my mom to be like, oh, they're, everything's equal. He doesn't spend money. Because technically, if you're separated, it's like illegal to spend money on another woman. Like, mm-hmm. and her kids and stuff like that. So, I learned very quickly that this woman had no boundaries. But also, why did you need to know that? Hey, just so you know, would, no, let's get she, out the Monopoly she, board. Here's just, what he's doing. She would pull me. One time she pulled me to the side, put me in a room, just me and her, and told me one of the one of her darkest secrets. And I was like... This is like, like, I, I, I honestly kind of felt unsafe. Like she told me it and I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that's, no. like I also like I'm 16 and like, this is a lot for me. Like right. I, I just met you first of all. Like I just met you like last year. 
you're telling me this why mm-hmm. i also don't need to know that like if i have a if i have like a, any like stepkids god forbid like if mm-hmm. i go through a divorce and have that like i would never pull them into a room and being like hey you know, this happened to me as a child and it fucked me up like what like, what why would you why? do that oh, but also like, i don't know you why would that be it, something that but it also like it wasn't like it came up in conversation it was right. just like she's just here's like, my here's hey, my life guess what yeah and i think like when you that's how you fucking talk about a surprise party you don't (laughs) (laughs) reveal a dark secret like that but here's the thing and we buried the body and and i've never told anyone except for you my new stepdaughter like i don't tell yeah you're like i have to finish biology homework but i guess i'll walk around with that shit literally like yeah it was so intense and like now i feel like that taught me and i don't know i'm sure you can relate to this that taught me how to establish boundaries because i never knew someone without them right so i was like oh no like this is something that i can set in my like normal relationships where i'm like hey like don't talk to me like this or like here's my really my boundary with like how i want you to like if you, if you ever want to like i don't know if i do something fucked up this is I, w- I don't want you to say this to me like here here are my boundaries here are my lines where i don't want you to cross over right but i wouldn't have known how to do that without someone saying that fucked up shit to me. Like, I wouldn't have known that. So I feel like that, for me, was such a good learning lesson of, like, oh, this is how I don't want to do life. Right. You know? Oh, well, and also to recontextualize this whole boundary conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Everything that I have talked about before with regards to my family and, and boundaries and everything, we also have to put this within the structure of Mormonism, which is there are... Okay, wait, yeah. Okay. The 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 point I'm trying to make. Grew up Mormon. I grew up Mormon, but the point I'm trying to make with regards to boundaries is there are only boundaries with regards to like how much this fits within the uh, religious structure. So Mm -hmm. like it can be um, there can be lack of boundaries because like it's not like nobody ever said in the fucking book of Mormon or whatever, like, Hey, make sure you have boundaries when you emotionally connect to people around you. It's more about like a patriarchal system and subservience Mm -hmm. to a man when it comes to a marriage or something like that. So it's like, that's the whole other thing that's going on that like that also uh, allows for, and it's, no fucking secret if you spend two seconds Googling, just a lot of like fucking misogyny and a lot of uh, terrible shit ha- being perpetuated within this like patriarchal structure where like men have the power of God and women are subservient to them. And like, it's like how old are we? Right. <laughs> like, and, it, and within a patriarchal, like when you're in a family like that, then like, then your children are also just like your. Um, like subjects essentially like in, in your of. in your feudal sort of like castle that is your household and so that was like a whole other thing where i mean yeah that's yeah, like a whole nobody learned any episode. yeah <laughs> i know the whole religious thing is like a whole did other you, thing okay so because this is like i'm sure the answer is yes but like since your dad is like the narcissist like did he i mean i'm sure he like manipulated you with religious like Hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I feel like that's a whole nother thing where it's like he could have manipulated you with that. Yes. Stuff. I don't, I don't have a specific instance or yeah, story, but I'll sure. say, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's, Probably I think happened. It's, I think it's like, it helps with the uh, entitlement, especially when it comes to like white male entitlement, when it mm. comes to that stuff. 
but um, it it wasn't necessarily like so much religious manipulation on that level. But then there was a lot of just like that is what is perpetuated by the religion itself. For example, like. Uh, well, it's really good breeding grounds for a narcissist. Yeah, exactly. Especially a man. Well, e- e- exactly. Yeah. Like, and that's how it worked. For example, uh, my dad's his side of the family, which is it made this kind of person. So you can imagine what the side of the family is like. His dad, I used to like work with him out at this property they owned in like the middle of nowhere in Utah, where mm-hmm. we would like drive out from Salt Lake and like work. And then after I like stopped talking to him, he was just like. No, but you know, this is, this is your dad. You got to talk to your dad. Like you it's have always, to, yeah. like you have to be, you have to talk to your dad. And I was like, Jesus Christ. He's like, yeah, talk to your dad, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> you better talk to your This dad. is when we find out your dog is Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Mormon like me? Said yes. Yeah, he really did That's say Mormon yes with yes. his face. Um. Oh, so he'd be like, you have to talk to your dad. But then, like, he, he would be concerned <laughs> about it from, like, My dog is Mormon. A... I thought he was Jewish. Oh, no. Come here. Is he... He's not circumcised. He's Mormon. <laughs> Mormons are circumcised. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Is there a ghost? What the fuck? It's cause he, that's the sign for getting too real. Um, He would be... No, he would always be like, you got to talk to your dad. And it would come from this place of, like, he is like afraid that if we're not like together as a family that we're not like able to make it into the highest tier of heaven together because you have to be together oh as a family my god to so there's like lots of layers holy shit there's so many layers to like and then especially you know that's the same thing too with marriage you get somebody's like if you're in a situation like my mom somebody's abusing you and you don't feel like you can leave them because the religion says that if you like get if you try to get divorced from somebody or if you're not like sealed in a temple to somebody through marriage or whatever you're not going to be able to make it into the highest category of heaven it's like the highest form of like manipulation and then once you like it's brainwashing yeah it's fully brainwashing and that's why you know like obviously i had to get out of it but like for sure it's uh it's it's something that like Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just I, really curious about this. It's it's something that like I obviously it's not like it doesn't affect me, but for example, I have a friend who I was I was Mormon up and from like ages zero to when I was about seventeen, where I was like I knew it was kind of bullshit from like sixteen. Okay, and yeah, then, I was just about to. That's why I was curious about yeah. And I like fully stopped when I went to college. Like nobody, I didn't have to go to church anymore, so I was just mm-hmm. like I'm not going. And then I was like fine and out of it where like i have a friend that like converted to mormonism around like 17 and then they were in it from like 17 to like 22 or 23 or something like that Mm -hmm. and like those even though i was in it for a lot longer because those are such like specific years like an inflection point in your life Mm -hmm. we have a lot of the same level of hangups and i've i would say i've even like kind of processed a little bit more of like being out of it you know so um that wasn't directly related to what i was saying but as far as like the brainwashing interesting too like getting out of the brainwashing there's like a very specific like good time to do it where it's like 
obviously the earlier the better. But like if you go from like let's say like 18, 19 to maybe like 22 or 21, that's when it will really like get it into your brain. That it's like, oh, oh, to like switch you to that like, no, this is like the way. Right. And that's, and that's why my parents were so locked in it because they like wow. were like adults that like had been in it their whole lives. So I don't know if my dad is still religious. I don't really even talk to him anymore. I know my mom mm. would like, a couple years after I stopped also stopped because like, you know, and that's the other thing about the culture is there's so much that's just like put on, like there's the religion, there's marriage. That's like when you get religiously married, that's part of it, you know? So like, and then also in everybody around in your entire community is of the same thing. It's like this, like, uh, like pressure cooker of all these Mm. like fucking like, different shit that you all have to like go through and like experience at the same time so like yeah it's it's a fucking mess anyway what was your question no no no. my question was just like when like when you got out of it and when you knew it was kind of bullshit but it sounds like you knew it was bullshit and i also think too that you experienced a completely different experience than most mormon kids did yeah um in the sense that like you were going through a divorce you were going through manipulation going through narcissism like there was a lot of shit going on so you i think too like that unfortunately that was probably what helped you get out of it because you saw through everything and then also knew like when you when you go through shit as a child it like because I could have been dumb but it like makes you smart because you see stuff and then you become self-aware of how like your patterns are affecting other people what they do and how it affects you like you just you get life you get like unfortunately you get life easier because you grow up really quickly you know what's going on so I think too that like knowing all this stuff of like people emotionally manipulating you and then them being like, you're going to get into the highest of heavens. And you're like, you're like, you're a narc, like you're right. Well, not only that, you're you're abusive and you're telling me that I'm going to go into hell, like go fuck yourself. Not only that, but like that being the situation. And then like, you're supposed to essentially like a lot of times in the Mormon church and that whole thing, like therapy is replaced with like talking to a bishop, which is the, you know, basically a pastor for people who wouldn't know but like that when you have that as like okay now this is the person that's gonna like tell you what to do in your marriage and do it from a religious standpoint of like what you know all the doctrines of the religion and all the people who run the religion say you're supposed to do instead of somebody who's like got your i mean quote unquote best interest at heart, but someone who actually <laughs> yeah, knows okay. how like yeah. you should be in the world instead of somebody who's like really just trying to like help you get into, you know, they're like, so here's like maybe what you should do in your marriage and we can't tell you what to do, but like this is kind of what you should do for like God or whatever instead uh, of being like, instead of- But that's of, also so manipulative. Right, exactly. That's like it's just a problem. circle of just like people who like get manipulated by the religion and then they manipulate you and then it's a- whole entire cycle until you realize it's all bullshit and then you get out of it right yes it's like it's just kind of crazy so that's i mean and that's the other thing that they did too is i got to see through a lot of the stuff because um when a lot of the people you know if they go through a life where it's like look you have your family who's not like maybe you have whatever problems but they're not like actively resenting each other or say like it's not like an abusive situation in any way and you just have your like two straight, straight man and woman parents in Mormonism, then I can see how it's like, 
obviously with that structure around everything is feeling like kind of good even the things that feel yeah. bad mm -hmm. you f it feels a lot more comfortable so you don't necessarily like have as much of a feeling like it's bullshit because you're not directly exposed to like how it is bullshit or you're not even thinking about it because you're in this like cyclical thought well, when pattern. you're brainwashed you don't know it yeah until you're like completely manipulated like you were and then you like go through shit to kind of figure it out right but, like i mean that's yeah i mean the religion too recommends like i remember these things where uh when Sorry, laughing but it's like what? When you're like, the religion recommends, I'm like, it's probably bullshit. So no, no, ahead. no, 100% yeah. it is bullshit. <laughs> I was going to talk about some of the bull... What if I... This is where I made a hard turn and I go, actually, though, they've got a lot of good stuff. And I think you that should we should... book. Yeah, it's... Look, it's called the Book of Mormon and it's really a quick, breezy read. It's yeah. got four and a half stars on goodreads.com. <laughs> yeah. There's some other materials oh, yeah. that I could give you. If you <laughs> want to wear some of the special religious undergarments, you can absolutely do that. Don't worry <laughs> about it. It's, you know, you will never feel more fulfilled than... Well, you're going to heaven. Yeah. So, like, you, yeah, 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 yeah not, not just heaven, the best heaven. There's fucking <laughs> 12 heavens and you could go to the best one. Isn't that... This is fucking crazy. Martin Luther King won't get into the heaven that you get into. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's just so funny how people... Because it's like Jews don't even believe in heaven and then to hear these people who are like the highest and we're just like... that. Like, yeah, once you're dead. Jews are so intense. We're like, once you're dead, you're dead. Like, yeah. That's literally how... Like, you're like, there's no heaven, there's no hell. Like, you're, you're yeah, dead. I would sit for 10 days if I I thought that too. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so emo it's so dark. You're just like you're fucking dead. Yeah. No. Okay. So the religion <laughs> recommends like when I'm talking about people going through stuff. Yeah. They literally talk about like if you're going through shit, and Christianity kind of does this in general. Yeah. They're just like it. You will be. They know you're at risk of like calling out this or, or realizing it's bullshit so they're like mm. you really gotta you know read the scriptures and pray a lot and like do like you really gotta like double down because like we know that this is when you're gonna be like wait what the fuck is going on they tell you if you're struggling with money you should pay more tithing like that's the manipulation thing that goes yeah. on. It's, it's just like classic, this. Classic, classic manipulation. Right. So it's like, oh, if ugh, I. Oh, God. It's so like icky. No, like, yeah, it, it's it so gross. It feels like gross. Like, ugh. Yeah. I feel like I have part of the, not that it's, you know, I think that I'm obviously messed up by that, but I, I think that it doesn't as much consciously feel like that to me because part of it, because I stopped when I did and I kind of got out of it when I did I just yeah. kind of feel like yeah it's like the same thing as believing in the tooth fairy like in my mind mm, so yeah. I, I'm not like the the tooth fairy is a system of believing in a mythology to to that's in, wrapped up in capitalism that that tells our kids that we should want money for giving away parts of our body and parts of our soul it's like this yeah. whole capitalist game that indoctrinates us into consumerism <laughs> which is what the tooth fairy is but yeah. I, I don't yeah. feel that oh, way yeah. because it's like a thousand percent that's how it should be described when yeah. we revealed yeah of course but it's like but at the same time i just, just like, explain tooth fairy and capitalism same time, <laughs> same cover, time. Bo cover both of them and then you just kill two birds with one stone that's a great it's a great idea <laughs> but i don't yeah. feel the because i got out of it when i did i don't go like oh it's so fucked up i do yeah. know these people that like got out of it a little bit later that feel a little bit more like emotionally affected by it when they think about it and talk about it because it's like 
formed more of their brain. Whereas like at the time when they were getting even more indoctrinated, I was like doing acid and shit. So it was, <laughs> I was feeling better. Like I, was I was getting out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but that's totally part of it. They just go like, you really gotta like commit and pray and all that stuff. And yeah. I, yeah. Dude, this is like, I feel like we've talked about, cause we're going to wrap it up, but I feel like we've talked about a lot. Like, oh, yeah. okay. Childhood manipulation, religion mm-hmm. boundaries this was like this was this was this was great honestly. i know like i and feel I, like we covered a shit ton of stuff no it, it's a shit ton and then i also also feel like i could I'm go only on scratching first. the surface no no i could go on. as soon as you start talking about mormonism i was like okay we're like halfway through and like no, we yeah. could do another episode about just this yeah yeah it's crazy like, it's a lot I love talking to people about religion for that reason because I was raised in such a like straightforward no heaven, no hell. You get bat mitzvah, you go on if you don't want to be a Jew. Judaism seems so awesome. No, it's awesome. Like it's fucking great because it's also like six million of our people died, so they're not gonna be like, let's believe like believe, believe, believe. They're like, let's just let's ride this shit out. Let's get like let's chill. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but at the same time, Judaism is a very liberal religion where it's like if you're a bad Jew, that's because you you didn't fulfill your own expectations of how a good Jew should be. Versus like, this is the right thing, this is the right thing, this right. is the right thing. I mean, I've heard there's like, been certain sects of like... Uh, uh, well, there's certain uh, sectors like Hasidic Orthodox, which is like... But Orthodox at the same time, like, like I have Orthodox cousins. Yeah. And very, like very Orthodox. Like it's like we don't talk that much because of it because we're, we just live separate lives. But they never judge me. And that's, I think, the most beautiful thing about Judaism is that they're not like... They yeah. don't judge me that I didn't go to a Jewish school or I didn't go to a like legit become like a doctor or a lawyer. They're like, no, you live your life. If you're right. not Orthodox, you're not Orthodox. I'm sure they'd prefer it. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that they're like perfect and they don't, you know, have certain views about me, but I think that the most beautiful thing about it is that it is liberal and it versus like being like, it's a little bit more open to interpretation versus being like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Right. And it being like brainwashy. Yeah. Um, but, it can be. But, but Judaism, as opposed to Christianity, Christianity was like in a way like the version of it that was created specifically to control what people do mm-hmm. so like of course it has well, had these problems that makes a lot of sense um okay so we're gonna wrap it up do you have anything you would like to plug or any sh- shows that you want shows that i mean shows, when's this gonna, when's this gonna be out next wednesday Next Wednesday? Yeah, I drop it on every Wednesday. Though. Every well, uh, we're we're if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, the Young Hustle <laughs> show is this Friday oh, at the Laugh Factory yeah. at something p.m. Um, probably ten. Probably ten, but I don't quite know. But then you know, uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram uh, at Skyler the Higley. I'm at Skyler underscore underscore Oh under, God. Yeah. Under uh, underscore. We're always Higley. under the horror system. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, Skylar underscore Higley on Twitter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And this is my voice. You're, but you're, so Conan ended. Yeah. I was going to say like, well, I don't need to plug a show that's on television, (laughs) but I was going to say like, if there's anything you wanted people to watch or anything like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, it's there. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, it's on the internet. It's there. I don't need to plug specific stuff. No, I was just. Yeah, it, but it was a fun thing to do. Of course. Um, okay, well, everybody, please rate, review, subscribe to Doing Time Podcast, and thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> testing the <laughs> microphone testing. again. <laughs>